0: Welcome to episode two of breathing room um, I'm your host Rob lavati and I'm here today with the local Asheville band Chiltonic, um, tonic McDonald Dempsey Jones and Michael Dunham thanks for joining me today guys
1: thank you so much for having us
0: yeah really excited today I think we're gonna be able to talk about some good stuff talk about what you guys have been working on and some of the things you have coming up and then maybe just dive a little bit deeper into some of the things that go into the writing process for you guys um, we're coming to you today from the Asheville Play Studios in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, as always, want to shout out Matt Dunn of AV Live for helping us make this all possible today. Um, again, anyone uh, who's just joining us for the first time, or maybe you caught episode one with Cat Dolan and Nate Robinson. Um, just a little bit about what Breathing Room is about. Um, this is really a platform for local artists, um, creatives, and really just local humans to be able to share their stories and try to find some breathing room in their life, um, right? That's kind of the theme of the show, something that I've found that can be incredibly difficult to do with all the things that we have coming at us on a daily basis is just find the time to take some deep breaths and focus in on the things that, that matter to us, right? Um, so with that said, let's let's take 10 seconds here before we get started. I'll just close our eyes, take some deep breaths, get settled into the studio here and get ready to start. Taso, don't you smile at me. This is serious, okay? I'm serious. All right, let's do it. All right. Cool. Your eyes were open. I opened them right before you said all right. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. You're a good counter. <laughs> all right, guys. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. Um, Dempsey, Taso, Michael, thanks for joining me again today. Maybe you could just start off giving us a little bit of um an overview. What is Chiltonic all about? How did you guys meet? What are you working on right now? I think Chiltonic.
2: Chiltonic is uh, representative of the The feeling the feeling you get in Asheville, I think is 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 uh very particular. I, mean, I walked outside today and somebody was like vibe check and smiled at me said some good stuff and that's how all of us met just like uh, me and michael met outside of a open mic and we started jamming and immediately after we started jamming he wanted to go record and and when i when i met dempsey he was playing with a friend of mine named ducky and he uh he was was really good so I, i jammed with him a little bit and then i asked him for a ride back to my place and told him about you know my friend Michael and a band that I'm trying to put together.
0: How long ago was that?
2: It was about two and a half years ago that I met. Okay. I met Dempsey. I met I met uh, Michael probably a year before that. Nice. But We um, ever since then have I've just been working on our own songwriting. And when I when when we first met, I had an album that I'd written, but we wrote music together that was just better. And we're working on getting that stuff recorded now. But um our chiltonic Jiltonic chill is uh, the feeling of the streets of Asheville in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good way to put it and I would agree. A question that I get asked a lot when I try to describe your band to people is how would you describe their music? What what genre are they? And you guys really kinda break my brain a little bit on that one that's that's a tough question to answer because you guys really kind of spread all over the place in terms of playing some different genres of music you have taste of rapping sometimes you have this element of funk and reggae alternative rock like I feel like I'm listening to like 1997 at the same time how would you describe your music I know it's really hard to put these things into a box but like if you had to what box does Chiltonic live in or what group of boxes
2: i i like to say alternative soul music but you can pretty much put alternative in front of any of the genres we play right, right. and and it could be considered alter alt reggae or alt funk or alt any of those things but alt
0: alternative alt alternative yeah. exactly
2: so we play alt alternative music
0: well, i don't Super know it's,
1: i dread that question too when yeah. people ask me like what is does play and um you know i never really have a great answer i always just break it down into you know we have some hip-hop elements we have some reggae elements we have some rock elements you know right. but i don't have a, a like a legit genre of music that i put us in because all of our songs are different you know so if we write something then hopefully the rest of the band will back that and it might have my flavor on it might have michael's flavor or you know so
0: yeah I think that's the cool thing is you each have a very diverse taste in music. Um, so if Michael writes a song, for example, that song is going to come out a lot differently than if Taso or Dempsey wrote it. So yeah. I think you get a really unique um, take on it where, depending on who the main writer is, you can get a really different feel for a song. Absolutely. Um, something I've always really appreciated about you guys is looking at you at first glance, you you guys come from very different lo- walks of life, Right. Different backgrounds, different music tastes, grew up in different places. Um, Michael, what what has that been like for you? Um, just working with two guys that maybe you're different from in a lot of ways, but you also have been able to kind of find your similarities over the past two and a half years. What's that evolution been like for you? It's been great. Yeah. What What are some of the challenges that have come up? um just in trying to start a band right i mean that alone is something that takes a lot of time and energy and effort what are some of the hurdles that you guys have had to overcome in the past couple years
3: communication
0: yeah have, what ways does that come up
3: tason doesn't have a cell phone
0: oh yeah well, uh, still still living in 1997 like i said he before. he doesn't
3: have a home phone either
1: yeah that's how we keep that old sound
0: you it's... guys have to fax him right not yet. No, mm-hmm. okay.
3: No, he doesn't have an office yet. He's got a pager. Hopefully in the next couple of years we'll all have
0: offices. That would be nice. We'll all have desk jobs and ties. And- no, you don't want a desk job. You want to play music. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's hard to play music at a desk.
3: Well, depends on what kind of desk.
1: We
0: found this out. Yeah. So what other ways has um, communication come up? And I'm going to... Uh, maybe stir the pot up a little bit here, but I've been around you guys enough to see that there have been some definite times where you guys disagree on things, and I think that's natural when you put a group of two or more people together and you're all trying to work on one end product. There are going to be a bunch of different ways to go about getting there, right? <laughs> what are some of the ways that you guys have worked to resolve conflict and work together to help achieve a common goal?
1: We still have conflict, you know, I mean, yeah. and we're still working on... um you know, we're still working on trying to figure out the right ways to deal with each other. Obviously, we're all working towards the same goal. And we all have, you know, intense feelings for, you know, I love Michael, I love Tesa. we're a band, we're brothers, you know. So it does get a little messy, you know, but it's about, you know, we just argued the other day. I have a problem with, you know, repeating things and kicking it. What would you say? I said I have a problem with repeating things. One more time. I have a problem with repeating things, (laughs) you know, and uh, so that's, you know, I guess acknowledging our own personal issues, you know, and like instead of pointing fingers, you know, it's better to address things to, yeah, I I think Michael has something to say, but. Yeah, go for it.
3: I think being uh, respectful of what other people are sensitive to because we're all sensitive to different things. And right. just because we're not sensitive to it doesn't mean somebody gets really bothered when, when we do something or approach things a certain way. And uh, it's, it's still going to take us a while to, to figure out how to approach that the best way.
0: Yeah, it's tough. And I think when you're in a band, it's a lot different than being in a group of friends or being in a business. It's kind of a combination of both of those things, right? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to move your brand and your product forward with, in your case, two other guys who have maybe their own vision on what that should look like. And I think there's definitely an element of learning to separate the friend side of things and the business side of things. Right. To just be able to understand, like, no, this is not personal. This, ha- this has nothing to do with what I think of you as a person. This is the best way I think we can achieve this this goal. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no boss in the
1: band. You know, we all try to just put in equal parts or put right. in as much as we can or as much as we have to offer so that, you know, sometimes you have to fight to get your your point across. Right. There's only three of us, too. So it's like Teso feels a certain way. Michael feels a certain way. You know and sometimes you got to fight it out and figure out what's going to be best or what was worth it or wasn't worth it to fight about so i mean we yeah. still fight we you know i mean we're, we're called chill tonic but <laughs> just yeah. it's we, it's we, not real it's in the music you know yeah. and and it's draining too it's draining to argue so it's it's yeah. less draining to play the music than it is to argue but you know that whole putting the music together and writing music
0: can be very you know tedious and stressful there was a time in my life that I called you guys Stress Tonic.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we stress so listeners can chill.
0: I like that. Yeah. That's, that's very much. noble of you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a question for, for TASO first, and then I would like Dempsey or Michael to take a swing at it. But for, for me, I'm really big with Momentum. That's something that helps me keep a project going if I have a couple things that are going well, things are moving forward it becomes a lot easier for me to keep going. you guys have a <clears throat> excuse me you guys have a very interesting situation where you're essentially a part time band because Michael's still finishing up school right so there are a couple of weeks or months that you have together and then you may be apart for a few months what What has that experience been like, and how do you spend your energy when Tonic is on a hiatus me
2: personally I feel like it it helps us a lot to have time apart space is so valuable for a relationship It's something i learned i've learned a lot of stuff with Jill Tonic about like like you know like so it, it it those those breaks it makes it makes such a big difference to like the dynamic that we have when we are together and it provides uh like the space like provides like it creates a we want to see each other so much bad like so much when we're when we're apart for so long is like it it's it makes it it makes it so much more valuable when we do get to spend time together but then like another part of it is it's um it is it is difficult because like a lot of people like we'll see a chill tonic at one point and then we'll stop playing for a few months and right. people will be like it's too bad that you're not in a band anymore it's like mm-hmm. i'm totally you know it's just mm-hmm. we're, we're waiting for for the time to come and so it's like the waiting game is, is definitely a difficult one, but at the same time, like we've developed our characters so much in that time frame. Like If we didn't have that time apart, I feel like
0: we would have burnt out a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a really good insight there. Um, and what I've noticed is each time that you guys come back together, you don't miss a beat in starting to play shows right away or practice right away. And it seems like each time, there's a more refined version of the band that I saw just a few months before. So that evolution has been a lot of fun to watch. Thanks.
3: You know, most bands that I've been in, they get sick of material and drop it. We use the same material, but we refine it so that we can still play it, like, year after year after year, and just get to the point with it where we love to play the songs still, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, that's important. It's something that I've seen is songs that you guys were working on two years ago are still in the rotation, still getting played live. They have a brand new part at the end. And when we have time apart,
3: it makes things less personal. When we're like, "Hey, I think this should go like this now," instead of like that happening right after a show, that might be taken personally by somebody. Right. If it's like we got like a month apart, it's like, you know what? What if we brought it down there? You know, or what if
2: we just had one vo- vocal there, or whatever.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And
2: it's crazy when we're separate. Our characters, the way that our characters develop, influences the music so much. Like we've been functioning. Um, we've been trying to develop our dynamics as a band and the way that we, the way that we like communicate influences the sound, the way that we, the way that we interact with each other influences the sound. And then like each time when we come back and our character is more developed, we, we come together. And then like, even, even if like, you know, there, even if there's a, it's it's not like we've been practicing like changing our style but our style like our repertoire increases just based off of like the way that we it's like Dempsey like he he hasn't had his drum kit for a while right but like still when we came back together he's pulling out new beats that I've never heard before and it's like it's like The first time we're locking down on these new things and it's so awesome you know even even without the drums to practice on the development of the character created these new beats in my mind
0: yeah absolutely and i think in your case especially teso it's development of character and also experiences that you've had in in that off time because i know there have been a few months that you've been apart that you've traveled a little bit or you've spent some time in a new place and then you come back with this totally different feel like uh, about this time last year when you came out with Appalachia, mm. like that was kind of this new feel of like almost like a flat picking style for you. You were branching out and trying something new and that led into two or three songs that seemed to fit that vibe. Mm. Yeah. So that's something that's really neat too is that you guys are kind of snowballing through it and you're picking up new things as, you grow, as you're going along. That's, that's great. It's good to see that evolution and see you guys continue to rework and reinvent yourselves. Yeah, it has moments where it's, you know,
1: on, you know, songs are coming out and we're writing a bunch and then there's moments where we're refining. It's like it's like there's levels, you know. Sometimes you right. stay on a certain level and then you come up with a new song and a new sound and Tayso learns learn something new and then you plateau and then you try to push and push and I think that's what we've kind of done over the years is almost like a stairway, you know, is work on it, plateau, you know, and then break through that and then... You know, keep changing the songs, keep refining the songs. And right. we, we are a part uh, at, you know, like you said, we're a part-time band. So that gives us a lot of time to digest. Definitely. And think about and digest the music. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of time and patience in this, in this group. So, I
0: mean, when we're away, there's a lot of patience. Right. <laughs> when well, you're together. When we're together. There's still, like, a, lot there's there still a lot of patience. There is. There is. There has to be. Yeah. yeah. And just because there's conflict or you guys buttheads doesn't mean you're not having a lot of patience with each other. Well, that is patience, you know. Yeah. We're, we're, and then we work through it and move on, you know. So for for people who are listening, who either are musicians or maybe are not, can you guys try to put into words what that feeling's like? Because I've been around you guys when it's happened, when you come up with a new song. When you come up with a new song, you just have that lick or that vocal idea or that drum beat or that sweet bass line, whatever it is, that kind of gets the process of starting a song kicked off. What does that feel like for you guys? And how do you how do you kind of rally around that energy as a band?
1: You got to push it. You know, you got to have an idea and say, hey, guys, you know, I've got this idea. And, you know, Taysa's got something he says where he's like, throw it against the wall till it sticks. So. You know i may i may write a part that i think is another song and then it goes well with a song that's already there so the things that we write usually get used but i mean i guess to answer your question better i love that part that's my favorite part is like coming up with stuff The mm-hmm. excitement of having yeah. something i wrote this line i'm excited to show it to the guys and i'm excited to see if it becomes something you know um so that is to me like other than performing live at a really good show and the vibe is there with the people. Other than that, I think that's my favorite. I get the biggest buzz out of playing music when it comes to something new, you know, and your mind is real fresh on it and you've got like a, you know, a passion to make something out of it. Yeah, I love to write, you know, so I can write a lot of garbage, you know, a lot of stuff that I do. I'm happy
0: you said that because I had something I'm sitting here thinking about and it ties into that, which is something I've noticed in your songwriting process that is really interesting. You, you you have this element of self-deprecation and maybe like perfectionism where it's like you'll write something and almost immediately you're like, man, this sucks. This is garbage. I don't even want to play this or show it to anybody. Yeah. Like you did that with Bedbugs when, when you first wrote that song, the, the lyrics for that, which is a Chiltonic song that I happen to like a lot. Thank you. Um, really interesting Beatles vibes going on, some three-part harmonies. Um, and they still really take it and make it their their own song with their own vibe. You listen to it, and you still know it 's them it 's still friendly and familiar Ooh. but when you had finished writing it, you really weren't sold on it yet yeah what is what does that feel like for you when is that is that perfectionism? is that what that is or what what 's making you think this oh, is not knows? good enough, and mm. i don 't like this i mean i 'm
1: you know it's just a human thing where, you know, I don't know or I, maybe I don't have enough confidence in the song or, you know, or uh, I don't know. Sometimes you're confident. Sometimes you're not. You right. Know? So maybe it could be even the day or something. If I had had a better day, I might have loved the song, but maybe it was the way I was feeling at the time. But, yeah, I'm just, you know, an insecure human, I guess, like everybody else. Yeah. So maybe I was just, you know, I don't write really with the intent of anybody to. Hear it anyway. I, I just write because I like to write, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Michael has something to well, say.
3: Well, with that song, we collaborated on the lyrics to that, actually. Okay, yeah. very interesting. So, that might give it a Beatles sound because, you know, the Beatles are very collaborative with writing, or particularly John and Paul. um And, you know, what would happen with that song is he would write a line, maybe I wouldn't like it, and I'd be like, let's change that. And I would write a line, and he would be like, nah, that's not really working. And so we just worked on that one until we agreed upon every line. Yeah. And once we agreed upon every line, there it was. Except, actually, uh, the bridge of that one, just getting into details here, um, that one took a long time to get down. It actually took probably a year and a half before we simplified it enough. And that was actually with the help of Taso. you know, we right. had the bridge. So it's for me, songwriting is, is very much uh, a, a slow process. It's like you come up with the initial idea... But for me, that doesn't really mean anything because it's just an idea. Once I can figure out two ideas to attach together, then I get excited. I'm like, okay, here we have we have the beginnings of a song here, and it doesn't right. even need to be a chord progression or anything. It just needs to be two different melodies or two contrasting parts. Right. And then even then, it takes I find it takes me months of playing it and working it out with the band to really see how it's going to be arranged and whatnot.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm really intrigued to hear that you guys wrote that together because it sounds like one consistent voice. I think the song's really funny. Um, When I've seen you guys play it live, I've seen people laugh at a couple different points in Bed Bugs. And we like that, too. I mean, I don't take that as,
1: like, I like making people, like, playing live, it's hard to really explain, you know, but I try not to pay too much attention to... The people there were are very close bands, so I'm looking at Taso. I'm looking at Michael Michael's looking at me. Michael's looking at TASO, like we're very like you know we try to stay focused in this group. Um, but I like to see people smiling and feeling good, and that's also one of the best parts about playing music is like seeing people laugh or you know dance or you know just like the smile you can see the difference when people are truly like having a good time, and I think music has that. It's, it's, it's definitely a way for us to bring that, and, and if people want to laugh or
0: yell or whatever, like I'm all with it. Just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Really neat. I went to a, a show in Charlotte, and one of the things that they, they did there is when the jazz ensemble was done playing, nobody was allowed to clap. Wow. They requested that everyone in the audience stayed completely silent between songs. That was pretty trippy. That was really neat because you have this urge because we're conditioned. You're ready to clap. You want to clap. You feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But when you just leave that space silent, um, the energy of the song really kind of carried through between songs. It was an interesting experience. Yeah, well, we do a
1: lot of songs, like sometimes when we do cover sets, we'll do these mashups and the song might go on for, what do you say, 15 minutes or 20, you know, and, and no one claps, obviously, because the song right. just continues and continues and continues. But then afterwards, you know, it seems to get a bigger response.
0: So. Right. Yeah. Cool. So something I wanted to chat about a little bit, I've I've noticed in listening to your music, it seems like lyrically there are definitely some themes that pop up. There are some related songs. Like I can almost tell, like, oh, these songs were written around the same time or written by the same person. And one of the themes that I've noticed is that it seems like pain and loss, um, maybe some element of suffering, seems to make it into your songs. At least that's a lot of what I pick up. I'm talking about lyrically. Um, That's some of the stuff that's resonated with, with me the most that you guys have put together. Any of you guys feel prepared to talk about some of the loss or pain that you've endured as an individual or as a band that's made it into your music? Yeah, we just try to keep it
3: real. Um, like, w- one one instance in particular is, uh, you know, we we lost a bandmate um, mm, right. to another band, not to... Uh,
1: to cancer not Not to not anything <laughs> right. like that. He's still with us, but and, he's um, not with us. And, yeah, he's just quit the band.
3: That's one example, and we've all had personal losses... With with uh, with relationships and with loved ones, and uh, we find making music about it to uh, be comforting and yeah, um, yeah just so- something to remember those instances in a, in a sort of positive mindset. Yeah, it's
1: Definitely. funny that it's funny that you bring that song up because it's called pain. I and mean, it expresses a lot of pain, but we weren't that hurt over, you know, the guy leaving the band or
0: whatever. You guys so weren't we all sitting uh, around crying. Like no, we
1: were just, we thought it would be fun. And, like, so we were entertaining ourselves, really, you know, and that's, like, really important.
3: But it became a vehicle to express other loss, too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it, that's what I love about songs is... They can have a sense of ambiguity where you can put your own meaning to it night after night. Right, moment, you know.
1: Yeah, there's a part where we scream in that song, and I find that super therapeutic oh, because, and I do try to think of—I don't think of you know the person that we lost in that band. I think about—I try to channel some, like, what am I? I don't know what it is at the time, but I'm trying to think of it and scream that part as like with pain, you know.
0: I'll tell you what, I don't think I've told anybody this, but when you guys play that song and you get to the part where you're screaming at the end, and uh, Taysa, when you do it, you're almost crying. I mean, you're really into the performance of that part, and without fail, every time it makes me think about my dad. I'll just be standing there listening with my eyes closed, thinking about my dad, thinking about the pain that came from that loss, like... With no words at all, you guys were able to capture such a pure emotion next at the end time, of that song. Thank you, Rob. Well, next time, scream with us. I you know, normally because do. If
1: that's what you think, then scream with us because yeah. that's what that part
0: is for, you know? And it's almost out of key at some point. Doesn't and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's doesn't just matter. so it's raw and it cuts right through you. I really enjoy that. Yeah, Michael gave me the stink out when I was like, it doesn't matter if it's
1: out of key. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. I mean, I just scream, yeah. you know, and it's 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 all, it's, a, yeah, it's hard to he do. He just screams. I just scream. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: in that song, like, it, it is funny, too, the, the different meanings you can place on top of things because when I first wrote it, I was trying to incorporate, like, We called our bass player Easy. Mm That's what what we called him. And, like, there's a line in the song, like, who's here? I know it's not easy. Or easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go. There was a lot of plays on that.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of like a love song about bass player. <laughs> yeah, dude. He was really good. He was good. He's dude. a talented guy. He is super talented. He yeah.
3: He played keys and bass at the same time. Yeah, it, it was, was irreplaceable. Good.
1: Yeah. Irreplaceable. But but the, the fact that we became a three-piece, we, we used to have five members in the group. Mm-hmm. So After the first summer, yeah, after the first summer, we lost two um, and this kind of goes back to the question you were asking earlier, like, what have we had to endure? I mean, there's right. been a lot more than just us arguing about the music and the way we think it should sound. I mean, there's been houses, there's been, like, mm. neighbors, there's been... Subletters. letters. I mean, we've been through hell as a band, you know, but... Black mold. Black like mold, man. You know like, that needs to be an album. Being in yeah. Chiltonics is pretty much like being in the Odyssey. You know what I mean? There's just every day something that's gonna come at you, and you know, you know. Yeah, there was this one
2: time we we agreed to play an open mic, and it starts pouring outside, and the basement that we lived in, we it floods, and yeah, I look at Dempsey, okay. I'm like, dude, look, I know, I know that we don't want to do this. But our shit is about to get trashed. I didn't apologize for was, my French, yeah. but like, dude, it was we we got back and everything was dry, and we were like, okay. And then it was like a scene from a movie, like the Titanic was sinking. Yeah.
1: We had the to light. bail out the garage, man. <laughs> we had we had like vacuums going, water vacuums. We had <laughs> I mean, buckets. And Michael's at the Michael's at the. And I don't bar. know where they are. I'm like he's <laughs> just pissed off, like you like, know. <laughs> I, we yeah. missed our
3: set time. It was like getting really late. I was totally. like, am I? Yeah.
1: The whole time I was just like, man, I wish Justin was filming this because it would have been I such know. classic. But his shit probably would have gotten ruined too. So, or, excuse my language. No, oh, shout out hey, to Justin by the man, way. Well. Oh, well, in Jesus. that case.
3: Shout out to Justin. Yeah, yeah Ju- shout Justin. out to Justin. Justin makes every bad situation better because he captures it on camera.
1: And That's a, a good point. And thank you, Play Studios and, and Matt everybody that's a part of this. Thank you so much, you know, for having us, yeah. and, and, you know, this is really cool. So yeah, we've been
0: really, really blessed and lucky with this endeavor so far. Yeah. A lot of really great people helping us out. Well, we're um, honored to be on
1: the second episode the of this second show. Second number two, yeah. baby, yeah, in the great. hopper. That's right.
0: Yeah. All right, um, would you play pain for us? Teso, okay, Or is there a song on your mind that you'd like to play? I really selfishly want to hear Pain, but yeah. if there's one that comes to mind that you'd rather play, I think it's a good time to maybe just play a tune.
2: I feel like Pain is a lot without the kit, without the band. Right. Like, the whole band influences that song so much in the way that that song moves. Yeah. And without that, it's like, it's... These guys bring so much to that with their instruments and the feeling inside of it. Like the way the bass rumbles and the way right. like, the drum hits at these specific times. It's so valuable to the song. But I
0: totally feel that.
2: There, There is one song that we, we might
0: play if that's cool with you. Sure. Um, what's it called? It's called What It's Worth. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. I like the audible. Last minute, play what feels right, play what feels good. What What's this song about, Tazo?
2: Well, it's Dog a, piss.
0: It's about dog piss. It's about it's dog,
2: about dog piss. piss. Yeah, like they're... they're <laughs> Um real deep the 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 feeling like the the hook is just like it's just when you're so down that the only way you can react to it is laughing when you're so far down. oh yeah, you're just like you, you just you smile even though you know you like you say you just lost your job and you locked your keys out of your car and you know you're you're walking several miles and then one of your shoes, like the sole falls off, <laughs> and you're like, all right, this can't get any worse, and then like somebody like drives by you and covers you in mud you know right. and then like at that point you are just like you know just smile and accept the situation you're in you know didn't, like, didn't you just
1: come back from like didn't you just come back from like some trip and then like they kicked you out as soon as you got back in and then like the dog that they had there pissed all over his clothes so oh, he was like, just like, Oh, so what? it's literally about dog piss. It's yeah. really, and this song used to be called Dog Piss, and I, I was always against that. I was like, Come on, man, we can't have a song called Dog Piss. And it's a beautiful song.
0: I think you need a song called Dog Piss. Mm. Yeah, so I guess, you know, that. Don't change his mind now. Dog, <laughs> this song was
1: inspired by Dog Piss. Okay,
0: I, I like that. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into it.
2: Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys.
1: Gotta tune up. Gotta tune this. Uh,
2: this has been a big, large. This has been a large point of
1: our another, struggle, in the another struggle. Another struggle. Well, I'm the drummer, so I'll just sit there and watch them drum, and I think it's easier than it is. I'm like, hurry up and tune, and then. I don't know how to tune a guitar. If it was me up there tuning the guitar, it would take me forever.
3: Shouts out to Equal Temperament, all you musicians out there.
1: Yeah, Equal Temperament. Whatever that means. Got me. (laughs) That'll be next episode. All right, I think we're all tuned up. Sorry.
4: my drown Hold me tight, spin round and round, so damn happy I might drown. I can't believe you're here right now. Hold me tight, spin round and round, so damn happy I might drown. I'm a waste the time, make every moment what it's worth.
0: A chill Tonic with For What It's Worth What It's Worth, what it's worth. Yeah. Parentheses dog piss <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. We're gonna scratch that No I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep it All I'm right. gonna call it only that All right. That All is right. a, That's a great song you guys And that's one that you've had Around in the docket for a little bit now It's changed you've added some new parts Added some new words Um, What are your thoughts on the current version of the song? Are you guys happy with where it is? Something that I've seen come a long way were the harmonies. It sounded really great there. You guys have been working on that a lot.
1: That's the reason what we've been really working on the most. And uh, Michael mentioned something earlier, too, like about um, playing. We've been playing a lot without microphones. Right. So we can actually hear. Because a lot of times I get on the drums and there's amps and there's this and I'm just wailing and I'm screaming. And so mic control and... um, Harmonies, dynamics, li- dynamic, bringing vocally it That's our that's our biggest. That's our next focus. Really, is just to like nail the vocals down, you know, uh, and the music as well. But
2: what we call that too, that that feeling when it does all hit right, is peanut butter. Like peanut butter. butter. we mm. are about peanut butter. Mm. So that much,
3: creamy you know. peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. No chunky.
1: No it's, chunky. It's, it's what tough. brand?
2: See, that's the thing. I think we that have it no change. endorsements yet.
1: It'd definitely be
0: smooth though. Yeah. yeah smooth you know, peanut butter. Smooth peanut butter. All yeah. natural too. All natural. No Organic, added sugars. Whole foods. Local, locally sourced. Really peanuts.
1: expensive. You know. Mm.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to endorse anybody. <laughs> that's uh, our sponsor for today. Right, I guess. So. <laughs> Local peanuts. <laughs> peanuts. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely the peanut butter going on in that song and I really enjoy when you guys play it as a full band. Um that chorus is an interesting <laughs> an interesting part when it comes up in the song live. I always like to look around and see what people's responses are going to be because you got this really happy um, reggae feeling, upbeat, and then it's just. Fucking kill me now! I know I
1: love watching people's faces, and and something that we do is we try to say that as lightheartedly as possible. So we smile as we.
2: Well, I smile. I always look at these guys and try to make them smile. But for well, some reason, there's no happiness in Spain. There's so no. much, <laughs> There's so much
1: to think about when you're like playing. a don't have time to smile. Drums. I mean, it's. I try to smile a little bit, but for me, you know, I'm not a singer, you know. And I think in the future we're gonna take yeah, some. Vocal you are lessons. a singer. Thank you, thank you. Oh. That's nice. That's He's a nice.
3: self-deprecating singer.
1: Um, yeah. we, we're, we're picking up a theme here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to talk about self-deprecation? I'm your guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How I'm do you lovely. feel about that? Um, badly. No, I don't want to. Mm. Don't no, tell no, me, don't tell <laughs> me. I'm a little depressed. Um, no, but I think Tay answered the first question. Maybe I got a little ahead of myself. But the vocals is what we're trying to work on. And it's so difficult, you know. It's a really difficult thing um, to... Takes a lot of listening. Right. Sometimes you can just do and not listen, and that's part of the problem I have is like, I'll be playing the drums and I'll do that, and you know, just listening is so much of a part of, of playing in this group.
0: Well, yeah, when the three of you are singing, you're effectively making your three piece band a six piece band, and you have three more instruments that you're. You have to worry about what pitch they're in. You have to make sure that you're following the harmony. Yeah. So that definitely adds another layer of of complexity for sure. Yeah, give a lot of respect to anybody who sings on key because that's a job. That's what auto-tune is for. Yeah, right.
1: Which we're trying to avoid too. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but if need be, then put me on it and I'll sign up for it. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dempsey Jones R&B. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between pitch correcting and auto tuning, right? Yeah, I think I think so. everyone I think in so. the business uses pitch correct in some way. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to be organic, you know. We, we we um when it comes to the
1: studio too, it's like should we put a solo there or we don't really have that in the song. So right. do we want to record that? So you know, those are questions. But I think we want to keep things as organically as possible because we are a three piece, and the more we can make, the better.
0: So. Right. So I have to ask maybe an uncomfortable question, but Taso you wrote the lyrics to What It's Worth, right? Mm-hmm. Is there any part of that chorus that comes from a serious place and you're trying to smile it off? Well, I mean, because that's some deep stuff to hear and you guys are singing it with a smile and you're singing it in a mostly major upbeat song. But is there any part of you that when you wrote that, maybe it was really feeling the way that? The you thing, documented
2: the thing is is everybody every even if people don't want to admit it everybody feels like that sometimes everybody yeah. feels like you know like you know maybe it would be easier to take an alternative route that doesn't ex- involve existing but like the thing is is like uh, adding light to that you know instead of hiding from it is like I guess that was my goal to make it like you know we all experience this why are we gonna hide from it why not smile about it and do it together you know what I mean it's, it's, it's so easy to pretend like that doesn't exist in anybody's life. You know, you can try to hide behind social media or, or, you know, whatever car you're driving or whatever instrument you're playing or whatever shoes you're wearing. But the fact of the matter is like, everybody experiences so much pain to exist. And it's, it's necessary, in my opinion, to share that with your friends and and laugh about it. Because if you're not doing that, then like, how are you, how are you dealing with it? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's so many, it's so easy to ruminate and stick yourself in a hole. Yeah. You know, but like, if you yeah. can, if you can look at that stuff and, and you can embrace it, you know, and just like internalize the fact that you're going to experience so much suffering in your life, then like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, it, it just develops yourself and the people around you, if you have the ability to grow from it, you know, so I think that, yeah, there's, it's, it's a very serious thing, and I think it's it's, it's real, you know? It's yeah. It's something, something, that, something that I feel
0: a lot. Yeah, and I feel it too when you perform it, and that's the reason I ask is we're all smiling, we're all happy up here, but you look behind the curtain, you maybe see, maybe see what's really going on, and I think it's really great that you were able to capture that in such an interesting way in that song. Because I definitely relate to that and understand the exact feeling that you're talking about. And I think the only way that you can really grow from that and I think get the recognition you deserve when you grow from that, from the people around you, is like you said, by sharing with them where you are. If you're at a place where you're at your lowest of low, your rock bottom, whatever it is, you're maybe dealing with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts think it's important to let people into that circle with you you can't stand there alone and that's what i feel like you're doing with the song you're kind of sharing with me today which i appreciate and anytime you go up on stage and play that song i think you give people a look into that part of your life which i think is really cool
1: Mm -hmm. and and during that part like like i said it's my favorite part in the song because people do smile so if that if that is um you know, if that's what Teso's was trying to do, he's done a good job at that because people do smile or laugh uncomfortably. Right, you right. Know? So it's it's really good. I think a certain amount of it is definitely the uncomfortable laugh, and I like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know the uncomfortable laugh, but it always happens every time. Yep. Somebody's not expecting it, and they're just, like, uncomfortably laughing, but it's, it's, it's great, you know, some kind of response. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. It's cool, too. I think it's really amazing to see parents letting their kids listen
2: to it. That's the, that's the funniest thing. I think about kids listening to this music, right? And I realized when I was tiny, I was listening to some ridiculous music, you know? Right. But then, like, you know, thinking about, like, I have little siblings, right? Would I want them singing this song, you know? And if my thing is it's there's no age to this feeling, you know what I mean? Like, you—if you, if you mm. like, suffering doesn't discriminate on how many years you've been on Earth. So, like, you— if you feel it, you feel it, and that's like the that's the craziest thing to see parents just like, Hell, I'm gonna let my kids dance to this music right in front of the band, hearing it. Just like, right. It's the best
3: feeling. Yeah, we had to make a clean version of it. Actually, at one point, yeah. um, it was, "Can you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> Can, yeah, you <laughs> <Yeah>. Can you please <laughs> just try?
0: Can you
1: help me, me out? out. Oh, Not the radio edit. Uh, oh man. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's funny. So I want to totally shift gears here, take us on to something different, um, something that I've been playing around with lately, and you guys have been here long enough that I think you're good to bring this up with. Um, I've been in Asheville for about two years, um, just past my two-year anniversary, and it's been great in a lot of ways, right? there's some really cool things about living in this part of the country, Um, and I think a lot of those are well-publicized. Asheville's getting some good press. We're coming in at the top of all these lists of places you need to visit and drink beer and do all the things that we know are here, right? Yeah. Um, and with that said, and this is not throwing no shade on the city of Asheville, there's certainly a darker side Absolutely. To, to this to this city, to this community, to this part of the country. Yeah. It's something that I can feel when I'm walking downtown. You can see it. Mm-hmm. You can smell it. It's mm-hmm. It's yeah. there and it's something that I become very aware of and it's something that I actually really like about this city as well. Yeah. Um I think part of the challenge is it's just not really broadcast in this <clears throat> excuse me in the same way. There are a lot of things that maybe are hidden from running on local news cycles as to not scare away the tourists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just maybe if you were to hear only the good things about Asheville, you wouldn't have a full picture of what what really goes on in the city. Yeah. So my question is What are some of the ways that 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 darker side has manifested for each of you, either in your own experiences or places that you've seen it happening? Well, I think there's a lot of crime
1: going on right now and like Mm. a lot of theft. Um, So, you know, Nate, who was on our program or not on your program. Sorry, getting a little carried away. (laughs) Um, You know, his guitar got stolen. So I know so many musicians who have had their instruments stolen. Um, also, you know, my work supplies out of my truck, you know, and I, it's, there's like a lot of crime and I believe that's, you know, the drug side of Asheville. Someone's trying to get money for drugs. So I think, you know, there's definitely a drug problem. I see needles and I see, I see drugs. You've actually seen needles? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to go accusing anyone of being you know, not diabetic or anything, but sure. But yeah.
0: You can assume a couple things yeah, when you I see mean, a needle on the, I, I on just the ground. I feel like
1: diabetics are a lot more respectful with their needles, as well, but, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think
2: yeah. that. Um, I think that one huge part of it is like in it, it's stretching out there's so much crime in the low-income communities in Asheville that's never talked about. Like, there's multiple shootings weekly in the right. like, in mm-hmm. Asheville that just mm-hmm. are, are never talked about in the low-income communities. And also, like, there's so much money coming in, but, like, they're not fixing the roads around those communities. Right. And they're not adding stores in those communities. So it's, like, there are people here who are completely underrepresented, but then, like, the tourists in the center of Asheville are completely catered to consistently. There's, there is, like, the bus station, and, like, there is... A board in the bus station, right, that has writing on it that says when the buses are here. That thing was out of service for several months, and they were building, you know, condos right next to it. And it's like the it's it's such a it's such an amazing thing that exists here and and the thing is is like there are people who have been living here for so long paying the same mortgage for so long then all these tourists come in they can't afford to live in the same place anymore so now right these people like the original people of asheville are being pushed out of asheville like the locals like asheville is gonna slowly turn into something that it wasn't but at the same time like the future of that and what that means for asheville like if the proper changes do happen, like I think that Asheville has the potential to grow into something really beautiful, but there's always going to be people on the other end of it who are angry at the hotels instead of working at them, you know?
0: Right. Absolutely. No, it's it's definitely keen for you to bring up the point of gentrification, which is pretty much what I, I just heard you reference, and it's something that's going on um, very heavily in West Asheville right now, right? That's an area that they're trying to build up, and there are a lot of locals who have been there for 20, 30 years who... <laughs> Why Are you drinking your water like that? <laughs> 20, 30 years who are maybe being asked to move out of the homes that that they've been in for that long. So
3: Yeah, and public transportation is is a continuous issue. Like if you don't have a car and you live outside of the city, it can be very hard for you to get to a job and whatnot. So yeah. there's just I don't feel like there are enough opportunities to help people who who are who are struggling to to get back up when, you know, I've been up at college in Burlington, Vermont, and, you know, they have huge problems, too, like with drug addiction and whatnot, right. but, you know, the city does does quite a number of measures to try to get people who, say, have lost a job or something serious, and now they don't have a home or whatever, try to get them back on their feet, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, the, there's public transportation and whatnot, and these are things that Asheville's lacking.
0: Absolutely. Do you and, and te- I'm alluding to something I heard Teso say so I think I know the answer already but do you feel like in a lot of ways the city caters to its tourists and not necessarily its citizens Yeah in a lot of ways I think
1: well I mean it's a it's a catch-22 with the tourist thing you know I you know they bring money into the town they're You know, there's all sorts of things. And for us musicians, you know, street performers or, you know, buskers, the tourists are, you know, that's who's putting the money in the... Right. You know, I mean, not all the time, but that's, you know, the tourism is great. You know, and for the people who live here, it's a small city. You know, you every Friday you've got this person playing here. Every so it's like, you know, I mean, I like and, you know, I understand... Both sides, the yin and the yang. There's, you know, gentrification going on, uh, but also, you know, I think the city kind of needs this. These tourists and you absolutely know, it gets a little bit of an. It gets annoying for anyone wherever you live when the tourist season comes, but you know they bring a lot of money and they put a lot of money in the and the musicians.
2: I think the the hard thing is where that money is going. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel like there's we can we can vote for the people who are in council and stuff, but like like to the the people the people who are delegating where the money is going just it I personally like I think that they it could be I think that I hope the changes come that are necessary because like there are major there are big resources for people who are homeless here there's like so many resources for people who are homeless but there's not like resources to get jobs for those folks it's right. just like you can come here you can eat you can sleep over here but mm-hmm. it's, there's no like right. there's no
1: like job fairs happening
2: for these folks kind of like there's a no, band
1: aid. Yeah. You know, putting a band aid over a wound or something. It's like not fixing it. It's just right. maybe it's fixing it. It, it, it,
3: looks, it makes uh, it look a lot better for tourists. Um, but I think tourists ultimately are determining where the money is going. And I think our economy is relying a lot on the tourist dollar. And it's
0: actually kind of somewhat dependent on it in a lot of ways. Mm. You're absolutely right. I mean, I was just having this conversation with a friend last week. What happens when we hit uh, another big recession or depression and people aren't spending their money on traveling and beer? Um, You have our two biggest means of income for the city being hit at the same time. That's why I think they really need to be deliberate about trying to establish industry where possible here. I mean, you have Raleigh and Charlotte, which are two of the leaders on the East Coast for tech. There's no tech in Asheville, and that's that's my background, right? And that's something I'd love to see happen here. Yeah, <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm sure. It's just try to, try to keep the young people that we have coming through here because we have a lot of local universities, and then people are graduating, and there's nowhere they can get a job around here, so they have to move out. Yeah, well, TESO has said it, and, you know, we've seen it. It's the, it's the poor people in the
1: community that are like, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know who's got what financial backgrounds or what, but, you know, the people that you see – like, uh, you know, Lyle Rickards or whoever it is, you know, these street performers, man, they're doing it with their heart. They're not, it's not, you know, and they're doing it for money. And uh, I don't really know what I was getting at, but like,
2: you I know. Think, I think I see what you're saying. It's like there's, even though there are parts of it that are difficult, like it provides so much opportunity. Even if rent's going up, like we're being, yeah. we have the opportunity to make more money. Yeah,
1: like we can make money on this, uh, Yeah. know, I I guess I'm kind of, I've lost my point. Maybe my mind got caught in these headphones or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess what I'm saying is um, it's us that make the community. It is the poor people that make it exciting for tourists to walk around, you know. So you can't really get rid of us because then there goes a part of the town, you know. If the street kids weren't on the corner and there wasn't people playing old-timey music or if Chiltonic wasn't out going to busk, you know. Than,
3: uh, or a Spoon Lady or any of these right. people. You know,
1: these people do it, and it's it's a great opportunity. And it's, it is kind of us, you know, that I think, you know, makes that part interesting. So Taso said it, you know, if you get rid of us, you get rid of those people, then there's not too much that special about it. It's just another town with... With beer and hotels and And human beings, beings. see
2: that's an amazing thing because arts really developed this town. A lot of people come here for the arts, and then like, where it still seems like the arts are being squeezed out. You know, it seems like some it it's becoming harder and harder to like talk to a business owner and like be like, you know, pay me a pay me a standard rate. You know, right? Like actually respect me as a musician, as an artist, as an entrepreneur, and. You know, pay me what it's actually worth, and it's like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a, a such a hard conversation to have. It should just be like you know I'm providing a service. You and know? here's
0: what I ask. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it and so often it seems like it's just not taken seriously, yeah. even though it's providing the folks who are coming through to like, and you know, it's it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult situation. Ash- yeah, Asheville's
1: got this kind of like you know a very loving side to it and a very like trusting and you know but that sometimes can put you in a bad spot too because like you want to do something to help out somebody because you're you know you're feeling it and you're right you know and then they don't really want to help you out in return I mean maybe they're they think that just you playing there for tips is enough help I suppose you know but there's been things that we've done and put a lot of time into that just didn't really pan out for us you know and, right. and it was basically on a handshake you know but We've done a lot of things and made a lot of moves that, you know, have not panned out, I guess, the way that we expected them to.
0: Yeah. You know, so. And hearing that, I don't know if this is the time to get on my soapbox, but um, I think a message that I would have to any small business or business owners in Nashville, um, owners of breweries and bars and clubs, restaurants, we have to pay our artists what they're worth to provide their service, to provide their craft to us. Yeah. Um, no more artists performing for free. That just can't happen in a sustainable way. Um, it's something that I feel very passionately about, you know, in working with you guys. I want to make sure that you're getting recognized and compensated for your work. Um, and it's something that I believe across the board is if you are providing what you've created and you're creating an atmosphere or, or an environment at a venue, you should be getting compensated for that. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah, if it's like if you want us to promote and go
3: out of our way to get people in the door, you know, that that would that
2: encourages us to do so, right? You know, yeah. and and it really helps everybody. I completely agree with that. I think that I think it's it's difficult because like you know, I when you tack on all these extra things and you're dealing with a bar and then some some you know kids walk into your bar. Some kids walk into your bar and try to, like, you know, let me play some tunes on your. And they're not, they're underrepresented. They don't have their stuff together. And it's, you know, at that point, yeah, it's it's hard to trust somebody to come and take over your stage, you know. But once you do, if you have a stage, if you have a stage, understand what that means, you know. Right. That's the biggest thing, in my opinion. If you have a stage, expect that this is going to be one of the things, like your alcohol, like your food, like you have to, you have to make it, it costs money to make this happen, you know.
0: Yeah. And, and you guys had a great gig this summer where. You played at a local hotel. We mm-hmm. won't name drop, but you played at a local hotel. I think you had a series of three or four shows there. They paid you a pretty reasonable flat rate. Um, they offered additional compensation if you for every um, certain number of dollars that were spent at the bar tab, and you guys even got a bar tab, I think yourselves. So, like yeah. <laughs> for me, that is um, that is a picture of what it should look like when it happens in this town. Because the shows that you played there, you brought 30 or 40 people in the first time, and they had to stop letting people up the elevator, right? There were yeah. too many people in the venue. I um, think that, I think we brought in more than that, actually. It was a lot. It was a lot, and it was a really great show. And you guys brought in some business for the venue. Um, you made them look good. They yeah. made you guys look good. It's yeah. just a big handshake at that point where everyone's walking away with the value that they're getting and the value that they're bringing to the table. Yeah, and they, they put a lot of... Uh they put a lot of
1: trust in us, and they also they did, um, they did, and they also didn't stifle us or try to, uh, you know, uh, what do I censor us because right. you know you just heard that song, fucking kill me now, right? You know that's the course, and you know we didn't thing. really go to the hotels going we're not going to do that, you know we did it, and if they said something about it, then maybe we could do the radio version, but right <laughs> they didn't, they let us do what we do, and that was good. Their only
2: stipulation was we. Couldn't have people coming in with backpacks, apparently. No yeah. backpacks.
0: Right. Yeah. I did hear that. Yeah, I yeah. I think that was based on an incident, though, if <laughs> I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, somebody doing drugs without us in the bathroom. Ah,
0: that is so selfish. I know. Oh, yeah. man. What is so, wrong with people? This kind of not want to get in to, trouble for uh, drugs with that. I didn't
1: do. Yeah, no. only if you did them. Right? Only if I did them am I going to take credit. Right. You know? Anyway, sorry.
0: No, you're good. No. Um, this leads me perfectly to one of the questions that I had written down here, which I'm already hearing a little bit of, but... What else do you guys feel is missing here in terms of, in Asheville, support for artists? Is there anything else other than we just talked about the struggle with maybe getting venues to recognize financially? Is there yeah. anything else you feel like is missing that the community is not providing for the artists here?
2: I, so I I think that uh, the artists have a responsibility to connect with each other and help each other out. It's my personal opinion on the culture of art. You know, it's, like right. it's really important that, like... Um, the people who are in the art scene are sharing their, their opportunities with other folks. And I think that it's kind of like, it's kind of like missing, you know what I mean? So like there are people, units that are only playing in the hotels, Mm -hmm. they don't play outside of the hotels. They're constantly, you know, they're right in there and it's a, it's a closed door, you know, and you got to like make it through that door to be able to play those shows. Right. And then like those artists won't communicate with the other artists that are on a different level of the pecking order. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's a... To sad reality.
1: That's the music business, unfortunately. A lot of yeah. elitism. Yes. Right. It's a hard business to learn. Not that we know that much about it, but we're learning more. You know, after doing it for so long, and um, reality's tough. Reality's tough, and it, it, you have to learn things on yourself. So, if the other bands, like Taso's saying, like if if if. Um, elder bands or, you know, bands that are above in the pecking or whatever it is, they don't share with younger bands, you know, how, how are the younger bands supposed to know how much to charge, how much Do to, you think
0: any of that is about the level of competition in the town? Do you think it's like, we're going to hold this opportunity and we're not going to share it with anybody?
2: It's definitely, like, a difficult. It's like, a, it's oversaturated with musicians, you Right. Know? But at the same time, I think that um, there are is enough population here who's into the arts that like everybody, there is enough for everybody. All the people who are serious about making music for a living, like there is enough for everybody as, as far as the amount of venues that there are here, the amount of places that they, that, that can support music. Like, I think that.
0: You think the infrastructure is there for the musicians. It's just that maybe the venues aren't always following through on their end. Absolutely. Yeah. That totally makes sense. You know, on I mean, a good note, though, you know, I mean,
1: we are talking about some of the negatives here. But on the good note, there's so many pros if you if you really I mean, we needed a place to practice, didn't have a place to practice. Went down to the skate park, sat up in that in the half pipe and had skaters. And it was almost a blessing in disguise. So that kind of thing and the freedom to play anywhere here. Right. I mean, we're, we're going to go play on the streets later today. And I think that's just like that's a blessing, you know to be able to play wherever you want basically I mean there's some kind of structured order but you know we can go play on the streets and uh, you know I think that is a beautiful thing definitely yeah so I mean there's a lot of it's yin and yangs to everything I suppose but um,
0: yep yeah right. well we are coming up on time here is there anything you guys have saved any saved ammo or TASO anything you feel like playing here before I let you guys go
3: yeah we like to let the music speak
0: Cool, so, I like that. Let's do it. Let the music do the talking. What are you guys gonna play for us? Call goodbye. <laughs>
4: This time is all we've got 1st
0: Thank you so much, guys. Really enjoyed the song and enjoyed having
1: you guys here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you, Matt and Rob. Yeah. And and you're doing a great job with this. This Thank you so much. Fun, and I, I think you've got, you know,
0: a bright future ahead of you, kid. Oh, thanks, thanks, Dan. Go (sighs) (laughs) five. Thank you guys, and uh, thanks for joining. Um, That's it for this week on Breathing Room. Um, Until next time, I'm Rob Lovatti, joined again today by Chill Tonic. Uh, Taso McDonald, Dempsey Jones, What's going on, everybody, and Michael Dunham. Thanks again for joining me today, guys, and uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, thanks. <laughs>